Thank you for tuning into the Shortwave Theater Festival on CFRC 101.9 FM. We hope you enjoyed the play we just aired. Coming up next, we present the Shortwave Theater Festival Talkback Series, hosted by Mo Horner and Chris Laurie. These talks feature some of the artists involved in the Shortwave Theater Festival talking about their process around creating original radio dramas. Read more about the artists at shortwavetheater.com, and without further ado, please enjoy the talkback. Okay, well, I guess we could just get started then. So would you like to introduce yourselves and maybe tell folks a bit about your connection to theater in Kingston? Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> um, I'm Suzanne Hirsch, and uh, I'm the co-founder of Threshold Theater. We, well, our, we began formally in Kingston. We, we were doing, Mark and I were doing independent work in Toronto um, in the mid, early and mid 80s. Um, then we moved to Kingston in uh, 1985 and um, started Threshold uh, in the late 80s. Uh, our first production was Princess Ivona at the Baby Grand Theater. Mm-hmm. And Mark, how about you? Uh, well, we uh, moved to Kingston uh, after going to U of T and uh, uh, we both took the artist in the community program at Queens um, and decided to start our theater company in Kingston because it was a good size of city and we had, uh, you know, some uh, actor friends there and people in the community. Uh, and we eventually became the resident company of the Baby Grand back in uh, when it was just sort of uh, in uh we weren't the first people at the baby grand, but I think we was a second company. And then uh, we did a lot of uh, adaptations and sort of original work there. And we eventually got operating funding at the, at the baby grand. And um, yeah. Uh, then at a certain point, uh, then later on, we decided to move back to be based in Toronto just because uh, it uh a lot of our collaborators were here and then we've done stuff back and forth in, in Toronto and a couple things in, in Kingston since then too. But um, yeah, we're both uh, we're co-artistic directors of the company and we originate different kinds of projects and uh, it's been tough during the pandemic to do theater of any kind, but I did do a, a piece at the last year's Kingston fringe uh, online. I did my mm-hmm. um, audio version of Alastonian, Brockvillian, Dionysian. And uh, yeah, it's just forced us to kind of explore uh, different ways to uh, reach people through theater. Absolutely. Mark, I was actually just going to ask you about your autobiographical piece that you mentioned there, um, especially since it connects to this audio drama. So if you wanted to get into um, just what that's about for folks who don't know, and then how it connects to this recent drama. Okay. So uh, my first piece, Alistonian, Brockvillian, Dionysian, is, is, is a memoir of growing up in uh, a hotel and a motel. My family uh, got into the hotel business uh, when I was, I guess, uh, around six years old. And uh, we moved up to Alliston, Ontario, and lived in an old hotel <laughs> that my parents <laughs> renovated. And... Uh, 
it was a place where they didn't used to have a liquor license. And so they got uh, a license to sell alcohol up there. And so kind of, it was a very successful uh, business for, for that. Uh, although it was kind of a, my parents started questioning whether or not it was a good place to, to be raising kids. Cause it was like, uh, <laughs> cause we lived in the actual hotel. So then we moved to Brockville and bought a place on the St. Lawrence river, a, a motel motor in actually and and I, I then the next six years we spent there um so till I was about 18 and I I, I started uh spinning the discs there as a disc jockey in the lounge the fireside lounge and so anyway that piece is all about growing up in a hotel and a motel and all kinds of characters that you meet and I, I think that's how I got interested in theater so the piece that I wrote about that is it's a it's a memoir but it's a, got a lot of music in it from the period and uh i when i was 16 i came up with this uh, really random uh dj name mark the c which was about as you know basic as you can get <laughs> and so uh for the current piece i tried to imagine like it, it's more uh, it's based on certain things in my life but um i i created more of a fictional situation where mark the c has this late night gig uh as an FM DJ and he's playing more contemporary tunes and talking about things going on. Uh, you know, you catch up with him at the age of, of 50 and, and so midlife, well, more than midlife, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and, and I just imagined him in that situation. So that, that's sort of the connection between the two things. And they're, you know, they, they're, uh, the one I, I decided to base that in Kingston because, well, we lived there for a lot of years and I wanted this idea of somebody sort of living in a smaller community, not Toronto, and uh, doing this kind of obscure late night gig uh, at an FM station. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that piece um, from Fringe Fest last year it was fully online. Is that right? Yeah, it wasn't uh, like to me that piece is I, I really prefer to do that live because I just yeah. kind of uh, but it does work as an audio piece because really it's just me and a lot of music. Um, there's, you know, rapport between me and the audience when I do it live. I've done it live a number of times, mm -hmm. but uh, I w uh, things were a little iffy back last summer. So I did. uh just create an audio version and sent it off. And, and uh, so, yeah, people were able to access it that way. Okay. Yeah. So this format is definitely not new to you. And then Suzanne, during the pandemic, did you also dabble in the audio dramas as well? I didn't actually, I'm oh. more uh, uh, dabbling in um, writing at this time, but, uh, but also uh, dabbling in discipline. <laughs> so, so it's a, it's a very slow uh, progress process. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, since you've never done it before and then Mark, you have experience in it, what inspired you both to uh, apply to this? What inspired you both to produce an audio drama? Well, I would say like, for one thing, I, I love radio and uh, uh, I think radio drama is amazing, but um, back in the day, uh, like when I first started taking uh, acting lessons, I was taught by a woman who was um, mainly uh, uh, a radio actress, although she also did TV at the time. And um, her name was Marjorie Purvey. She was amazing. Um, and uh, she ran a little, a little studio called the Toronto School of Drama. Um, and uh, 
she taught us um, like radio acting as well as uh, stage acting. And it was uh, it was just so interesting and also so much fun. Mm hmm. And, and also, then, you know, I think I grew up in a house with the radio on constantly mm -hmm. and, and into the night as well. Um, you know, you'd uh, turn on the radio if you're lying awake at night. And, and uh, so, yeah, I think radio's just always been a part of my life. Definitely. And then, Mark, was it your sort of first experience that made you want to apply for this or? Uh, well, I saw the description and I thought, wow, that's perfect for this piece mm -hmm. because I had kind of uh, gone on a journey to turn this into like a radio type of uh, uh, using that as a, as a format for expression because I had the idea about walls. Like I, I bought this journal when we were in San Francisco that was uh, every page was like a different photograph of a wall. And it was the kind of thing where you're encouraged to write on the walls and just kind of write your thoughts. So I took this on as a project and 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 over the course of a, a couple of years, actually, I just wrote down all my thoughts about walls in a kind of freeform thing. But then I wanted to find a format that was suitable for the content. And I started uh, reading about, uh, you know, these late night um, disc jockeys, these radio shows that would go on in the middle of the night and attract a very interesting clientele listening, you know, and they'd, they'd be these sort of freeform programs where you'd have kind of interesting music and people being interviewed and talking about the paranormal and talking about some political things and some there was some kind of uh, poetry that was you know spoken it was just like a really kind of loose format which I thought was perfect for uh, what I had and uh, content wise so I kind of wove this together with that in mind and it's you know that's that's how it's developed but the radio format offers and I talk about this a little bit in the piece a kind of intimacy that uh, mm -hmm. maybe some other forms don't there's a very immediate connection and uh, I know that for people too who have insomnia like they they turn on <laughs> the radio and and in the middle of the night and there's these these programs that have a huge uh, you know amount of people listening and and I just I, I even though there's sort of so many other technological options these days, the radio still has that kind of immediacy and intimacy, um, you know, uh, of somebody talking to you uh, directly. So I, I like that format. Absolutely. And you just got into a bit there, um, the process of prepping this and then also the theme of walls. But just before we really dive into that, I wanted to ask about the process of producing it so I wanted to ask uh what each of your roles were in producing this drama especially since it's only the two of you and your sound engineer Sam Kaiser if that's right yeah mm -hmm. so yeah uh, so like how did you guys sort of navigate this just the two of you it's been fun um to uh like Mark wrote the material but but it's been fun for us together to um read it aloud and and just bounce back ideas on on how we think it's coming across and and uh yeah it's a i i like the piece because it comes at you from so many different angles whether talking about a song and a musician or letting poetry and feelings out or um yeah or just sharing anecdotes uh and and we're just excited about the open-ended side of it too where whoever's listening can can participate and become part of the show 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, just in terms of since Suzanne, you sort of took on the role of director, I'm curious about how that's different than usual, especially with um, whether it's due to the content or the form of this piece. Um, it's well, it's interesting for one thing, it's a little easier because you don't have to leave your house. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah, logistically, it's a lot easier. Um, but yeah, it just involves playing with the, you know, with reading, uh, w- with the piece itself, with reading and rereading and, 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 uh, yeah, just, just bouncing off and, you know, going back and Mark goes back and edits it, um, after we, uh, have a reading of it. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's fun to be able to do something like that in a kind of focused way. It's, it is very different than, you know, being in a, in a rehearsal hall somewhere with actors and stuff. Mm-hmm, definitely. And, um, despite in-person live performance being back in full swing, um, you guys are choosing to do an audio drama. So I was wondering what you enjoy that's unique about the audio only format. Um, one of the things, uh, I think that radio gives is just this um, invitation to imagine. It doesn't, you know, taking away the visual is, I think we overemphasize sometimes the visual in our uh, uh, perception of the world and, and see that to be true and, and dominant. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, with just a combination of music and poetry and just kind of relating to people that they be uh, encouraged to make connections themselves. And that really gets into the relationship between uh, form and content because, you know, I'm speaking largely like it's the, the pretext is that this guy has these theme nights and this one is about walls, but, you know, so it brings up the idea of, well, uh, what are the walls in your life and and how do they serve you? Or is it maybe walls that you, you should try to take down? And, and uh, so, um, uh, you know, that gets us into a lot of different aspects of self and consciousness and relationships. And I, I get into a lot of that in the material, but the format is good because it, you know, nobody's watching you or you're not watching anyone else. You're just kind of, your mind is wandering and, and I'm encouraging people to go to different places and in different times in the piece but also the music uh, took a long time to pick that and and Sam has assembled it for us uh it it's really unusual like it's it's mm-hmm. that's again the FM kind of I don't know if you had a chance to listen to some of it but it, it's really great music this whole genre of uh, I guess it's not really electronic music it's it's more um uh acoustic composition you know there's just a a number of people working in that realm that are creating really interesting uh uh pieces that are uh, take you into a different emotional place a different landscape so i find that interesting um to to work with that music in um sometimes in concert with and sometimes in juxtaposition to to the words Mm -hmm, absolutely and suzanne was there anything that you found was unique to audio dramas that you just really enjoyed? Well, I love, especially with this piece, because the idea of it, even though it won't be broadcast in the wee hours, but the idea of it is that 
you are mm-hmm. listening, you know, sometime between one and four in the morning to this um, radio show, and you are, and so you are part of it. It, it and it's it, um, and it invites this kind of intimacy and and wide open um, possibility of connection and relating. Um, so yeah, so I uh, I really like that aspect of it and I like the fact too that it's like it's again there's these different layers of of I guess theatricality here because it's you know it it isn't really a late night show and Mark is you know an, an actor essentially in this piece but but he is as an actor he is creating this experience um so yeah I like all the different layers that are possible in this radio world. Definitely. Yeah. It's really amazing how you guys can sort of curate this, such a specific experience with no visual, just the, just the audio. So there's lots to enjoy about the medium, but uh, it's not without its own challenges. So from each of your perspectives, what were the biggest challenges of being audio only for these? Um, I think the, uh, that the idea that you have to surrender a certain amount of uh, I don't know if control is the right word, but you don't get the visual sort of uh, in the theater feedback. It's it's you put it out there and uh, hope that some connections are being made, but um, you just uh, have to, you're inviting, I guess, the audience into making their own connections. And uh, I, I think there's a kind of letting go in that process, which interestingly enough, I, I talk about <laughs> as far as like in, in, you know, art and relationships and stuff where we sort of need to drop down our walls a little bit. Um, and so I think that that was uh, that for me is is uh, something that is inherent in the you know, tr- uh, embracing the audio drama part of it, you just kind of have to, there's an element of, of uh, you know, trust or, or just uh, putting it out there that, uh, and you can't know that <laughs> how it's being interpreted. Yeah, I've definitely take some confidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I agree. Like it, the, on the one hand, the audio experience is so exciting and liberating. On the other hand, it's so like, yeah, the risk is that you can't see uh, as you usually do, like in a, in a theater, the, the relationship between audience and performers is, is so vital. And, uh, and here, yeah, you can't see them, um, and you don't know, you know, because there's a participatory element to this and you don't know, like, you know, are they going to respond and what are they going to say and how's that going to go? And, and uh, so that part is, is, is uh, scary, I guess, but, but, but then that makes it exciting too. Yeah, definitely. And just to get a bit more into the actual show itself, I was going to ask about uh, how you came to the theme of walls. Uh, well, I did, the it really was a, a kind of outside in process, like in the sense that I got this book that I thought was really cool and chose that. I like in journals to sometimes pick a theme. Uh, and this one visually was like, okay, 
there's these walls and not everything I wrote in there was specifically just limited to that. But I thought, okay, mm -hmm. what if I start with the idea of walls and then try to see where that takes me uh, in terms of other feelings? Because it's one of these themes that, you know, I mean, it could be very political, like with the wall coming down or walls going up or prison mm -hmm. walls or, you know, like uh, housing and, you know, or it could just be much more emotional with your own um you know emotions that you don't express and the kind of um, barriers that are between people and so I liked it because it um, has a lot of uh, rich possibilities but is not necessarily tied to a particular issue or mm -hmm. I'm talking uh, talking about divisions between people or anything specific like that uh, and it's interesting in the current moment because things are very polarized uh, you know politically and socially in some ways so I like themes that, uh, you know, are about common humanity and, and things we all experience. And, and then you can interpret that according to your own experience. I, I put stuff about my experience in there or, or this character, Mark the Sea, you know, somewhat of an auto fictional character. I, it's based on, on me, but I, I, I jump off from that. And, and so I, I just like the theme and, and then it, uh, I wanted to sort of stretch it out and see where where it could go mm -hmm, definitely and I mean this is a full-on radio show so I want to ask how you put the set list together because there's so many good songs in there and you're you talked a little bit about how um your sound engineer helped you sort of pick some of those out yeah um to me music is I I this goes back to being a disc jockey and and uh sort of my first interest in theater I I there's something about music um, that taps into uh, an emotional realm that language can't quite get to for me. So I just, I really love working with music and uh, um, in, you know, depending on the show, it, it, it has different, um, uh, you know, ways that it manifests itself. But I, I used to work with this company called New Adventures in Sound Art. And I'd work with sound designers and uh, electrical acoustic composers. And we would put together audio um, theater pieces. Like the, the emphasis would be sound, but there would be some element of theater to it. And each composer would sort of lead the others through a week of kind of rehearsing. And, and I would help... Uh, steer it into a uh, overall theater piece and it just opened up my thinking as far as what uh, you know an emotional experience uh, could be uh, that emphasizes things other than than the visual and uh, uh, so the the music in the piece it took a long time to arrive at those particular um, selections um, and uh you know, it's uh, it's hard to to say why they they work, but it, it's it's has a lot to do with the relationship between the particular piece of music and and the uh, content of the of the words that are being spoken. Because the the music is is usually on with a spoken word kind of piece that that is being done. So, um, and I'm I'm just hoping the music takes people into these other places that uh aren't accessible necessarily just through just the words. 
For sure. It also curates, I guess, that authentic radio show feel, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's perfect that it's a radio station like CFRC doing it because they like, yeah, it's, you know, they have access to all the music and you know, the, <laughs> the license to play it and, and all of that is it just worked out perfectly. Yeah, definitely. And um, I was also going to ask about the music. If uh, when you came up with the theme, if you had music in mind, if you had some songs in mind specifically, or if it sort of came after the fact. Uh, it came after like, um, but whenever you, the, the, the thing about the way I work with music when I write now is that um, there's a bit of a dialogue. So the music can take things into places where it's like, yeah, um, that, that actually happened during Alistonian, Brockvillian, Dionysian too, because there's so much music in that show. Like there's 30 mm-hmm. different songs. It's all period music. It's all from the seventies and 80s like uh, it's all about growing up in these places where there was a lot of music being played both in the lounge and live music and then in uh, like as a dj so i i i was really into capturing that kind of transcendent feeling that music gives this sort of liftoff uh but this piece it's in a very different way it's it's much more you know, expansive and sprawling and not like pop music at all. Yeah, for sure. And I was wondering if you could speak to the experience um, because Suzanne, you mentioned earlier a bit about going back and forth and uh, speaking the script out loud for the first few times. Um, I was wondering if you could get into prepping for this live performance and, um, and what sort of changed once you went from the written word to actually saying it to another person. Uh, I think read like reading out loud makes a a big difference and in fact like with theater typically when you when you um you know there's it's one thing to write a script but it's another thing to start to work a script um with actors or in this case one actor um but it's really in in um putting it out there and reading it and speaking it and playing with it that you get to uh, that's the only way you can then take it into uh, another level of creation, um, you know, where you start editing, editing it and playing with uh, with uh, with the script that you have created. So, yeah, there's there's that whole other um, stage in the in theater and and for radio, too, where you you have to work it and rehearse it and and uh like with people um before you can uh like actually feel like it's it's ready and and it's always evolving Mm -hmm, for sure and um I mean you mentioned there it's not actors it's actors so I want to ask (laughs) I want to ask Mark specifically about some of the challenges and joys of acting by oneself uh well the audience is a big part of that because when you're acting uh with other people mostly you're focused on them and uh, your relationships and that's how you become less self-conscious and you know the goal is to try to not focus on the fact you're acting and to imagine that you're in these different situations um so the audience becomes really important as your acting partner in uh, solo work. Um, And even though you can't necessarily rehearse it with them, you know, like you, you, you're always like every time you perform it, it's, it's different. Um, 
it still is a performance and it's um, uh, something that is, uh, it's you, but it's not you, you know, you're playing a character. And even though this character is based on myself and, and uh, it's still somewhat artificial, like it's uh, you're putting it out there. Um, so, and you have certain objectives that you want to achieve, like all those acting things that you're looking to explore many different sides of the person. You don't want to just be monotone the same. That being said, as a radio personality that you're playing, like in in like in this show, uh, you kind of have to have this sort of naturalism. Like it's it's pretty low key. Like you're you've got a microphone there, so you're you don't have to bump it up too much. But within that, you're working at sort of opening up trying to achieve a certain honesty and spontaneity um, that an audience will will relate to because you don't want it to be too, I don't know, like fake, <laughs> like too, uh, too um, like, uh, like you've got a mask on of some kind. So it's, it's, it's tricky. And uh, I think the people who are most successful on radio are able to, it's a skill all, uh, unto itself that I don't, I don't really purport to, to have, but who are feel a kind of uh, there's an openness and a natural quality to them, but also us kind of moving forward and and uh, keeping things uh, entertaining as as you go. Just as the audience, uh, you know, is is being invited to use their imagination, um, the actor also has to um, use their imagination to to uh see the people who who you are addressing mm -hmm. and to uh to envision them or the one person who you are you know addressing in any particular scene absolutely and i was also going to ask since most of it is solo and scripted um we don't have to be shy about the fact that we're pre-recording this talk back um are all the callers improvised i think there there will be uh like actual callers, but I do think that there will be callers also in the studio so that just okay. in case, um, just in case, you know, maybe nobody calls in or only one person or two people call in. Am I, I, I think I'm, I understand that correctly, that, that there will be uh, plants, if you will, um, <laughs> just to make sure that we do in fact have callers. Am I right about that, Mark? Um, yeah, I, 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 I think there's a backup plan. The, I will be improvising my responses to what people say. Like mm -hmm. uh, the show has been developed. Like we've done a couple of workshops where we just get people who are there watching to give their own response to walls. Like they don't obviously phone in they're right there. So, uh, but they just put up their hand and had already some really interesting responses because like we were talking about earlier it's one of those themes that everybody has their own take on and I'm always surprised by what other people say that's um a, a fun part of the show because um you want to hear how other people interpret it and and I'm not going to like I, I I let people just say what it is, but I my my responses will all be improvised, and I'm not sure what different I won't rehearse with anyone to as to what they're going to say. Um, how the callers will be um, brought in 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 this performance, I'm not totally sure, but I, I'm 
I, I think we want to make sure that we have a few at least. There's time, there's room in the show for at least a few a few calls. So I hope people are uh, able to participate that way. Okay, nice. Yeah, spices it up a bit. <laughs> Gives you a little <laughs> break too from the script. Yeah, for improv. sure. Uh-huh. And I was wondering what both of you hope folks take away from listening to Late Night with Mark C is. Well, one thing I hope is that they that people will. Um, trust in their own creativity and their creative impulses to uh, maybe to write or to, um, you know, to to uh, have creative dialogues of one form or another with with people. Um, So I hope they'll, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people, I guess, listen to podcasts these days instead mm -hmm. of maybe radio. um, But uh, you know, like stations like CFRC, CF, like CFRC has been doing uh, like really interesting, engaging and innovative stuff for decades now. So I do hope people will, uh, if they're not already, um, you know, tuned into a radio that they'll, that they'll give radio uh, uh, a thought and, and, you know, connect with it more. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And then Mark, were you going to add to that? Um, just that I, I guess for me, the process has brought up a lot of questions about, you know, the, the walls in our own lives, just what that means. And I, 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 I don't have any answers, uh, but, but I, I do, uh, uh, I like the idea of people questioning, you know, what that might be for them and, uh, how in some cases it's, useful to uh you know have sanctuaries or build walls where they need them and and other times where uh it might be a step forward to take down that wall between you and yourself your real self or you and another person so i just hope that there's uh you know some things that it sparks in in people uh to do with their own uh lives and, and relationships there's no real uh you know prescription there it's just a, a series of um uh, you know images and uh experiences that that i've had and uh but i the question of acting is interesting because you know you usually have things you want uh to get across and you want and uh but in in this case, it's it's really just to reach people and uh, have a dialogue with them about this topic, not necessarily to, you know, there's no real thesis or or uh, thing I want them to uh, come onto my side of, about or anything. It's just really a, something to go back and forth on. Absolutely, and both of you mentioned both the intimacy of sort of the audio format as well as the popularity of podcasts nowadays. So do you see uh, audio dramas as becoming a prevalent format for theater in the future? I would love to see that. Like I, uh, I would love to see um, radio, like radio drama come back in a, in a regular way. I think people would, and especially in a post pandemic world, I think, uh, I think now is a great time to, um, to because I'm not aware of where it might be happening um so I think it would be a great thing to to push now I think uh what's good about it is the sort of 
less is more um, aesthetic that it, it's, we're just fed so much information visually uh, for those who can see in a, a you know, regular way, uh, all the stuff that's coming at you. There's something austere about a, an audio drama that I feel celebrates um, listener input and, and, you know, uh, making connections and and that that I think is 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 good and you know you can I, I suppose with podcast people are doing other things at the same time but um, it just invites you into uh, sort of a, a different world that you can slow down and and uh, listen and and try to imagine what what's going on between people. Definitely, and from both of your perspectives, just to finish this off here. How can folks continue to support theater and Threshold Theater? Oh, well, they can visit our website, um, uh, which would be great. Um, and uh, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I guess I guess the best way is probably through our website to, you know, keep in touch with what we're what we're up to. Mark? Uh, yeah, uh, we have uh, a number of projects we've done, uh, you know, pre-pandemic, which we are going to be possibly revisiting. We're, there's a lot of new work in, in development in, in our company that we're hoping in the next couple of years to make happen in different ways. Like uh, we also do a lot of workshops in the community. Um, we're really into like connecting with people who are from different backgrounds and who different different jobs and we see theater as a, a way of uh, communicating if you're an actor or not an actor, whatever. It, it's just, uh, we really like to interface with different community groups. Um, we're, uh, yeah, we're on, we have a website, thresholdtheater.ca and uh, Twitter, Threshold Theater um, and Facebook and all of that. Um, so yeah, just, you can get a hold of us through there. Um, and we'll just be uh, announcing other projects uh, once the summer's done through through the, those platforms. Okay, fantastic. So I think that was all the questions I had for you today. Thank you very much for sitting down with me. Thank you, Christina. It was really Thanks nice. for those questions. That was great.